You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. through Romans and as you know like a big piece of Romans has been Paul how come the Gentiles are coming into our faith now this was just for Jews we thought and Paul's like no allow me to explain and in today's passage he's both going to kind of feel the pain of like uh, his Jewish brothers and sisters not uh, having received Christ But he's also going to quote scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture about why um, about why the Gentiles have been welcomed in. Uh, So we're gonna we're gonna look at this passage. Uh, If you're there, Romans 10. Anybody want to read Romans 10? One, two. Hmm. Let's see here. Romans 1, 10 to 11? Yes, Romans 1, 10 to 10. 1 to 10, 1 to 10. Marie's doing it? Cool. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? that is, to bring Christ down? Or who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead? But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. Is that it? Yep, that's it. All right, what do you guys feel from what we just went through? Is there any verses that really stick out to you? Verses you have questions on, confusion on, or a point that just really sinks into your heart? Let's remember, Scripture doesn't make sense unless we're reading it with the Holy Spirit, which Jesus himself pretty much showed us, that after he died and was resurrected, he goes to the disciples who hey, here's what's happened, and here's how I've fulfilled all the passages and all these scriptures that you misunderstood. In other words, the Holy Spirit is key to unlocking what's going on. So how does the Spirit warm your heart while you're reading this? What thoughts did he bring to your mind? Where did he tangent you? Anything like that? It's Paul kind of once again saying to the Jews, the Gentiles don't need to know all of those scrolls of Moses and all of those laws that even though they don't know it 
they are saved because they're saved by their faith and their heart and their belief in Jesus, so kind of get over it. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thought. Uh, what, what part of what he said kind of took you that direction? Well, even in the beginning that... Um, that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. So I'm thinking, is he talking about the knowledge of the scrolls of Moses mm. and all that was laid down many generations ago? That they were ignorant about what it was to live by God's rules, um, yet that they're, you know, because of their faith and in their hearts, they now are saved. Mm. Yeah, I'd wonder a little bit if that would be a good direction to take it because at least at one point, this was the passage that really stuck out to me as the um, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down or who will descend into the abyss that is to raise Christ up from the dead. And I was like, first off, what does that even mean? <laughs> like, why would Christians be, hang on, I gotta go to hell real quick to pull Jesus out of the realm of the dead. Like, what, what's going on there? Um, but he's actually quoting Deuteronomy 10 when he says that. And it's kind of in line with what Marie's saying a little bit. In Deuteronomy 10, Moses kind of reiterates the law and then says, look, you can understand this. This is not that complicated. <laughs> uh, you don't need to uh, go up to the heavens to, to like be able to grasp an understanding of the law. And then he keeps going. He's like, you don't need to get on a ship and just boated out all the way to a faraway island to get knowledge to understand the law. Like, this has been given to us in such a form that that we can understand. Actually, let's go ahead and flip right there really quick. Deuteronomy 10. Or no, Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30. 11 to 14. Anybody want to read that? Eleven through thirteen. Yep, thirty. Eleven to thirteen. Mm -hmm. For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, "Who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it?" Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, "Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it?" But the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. So that's what Paul's riffing on right here, right? Who needs to go get Jesus from heaven so that you can understand it? Who needs to go to, to Sheol and pull Jesus from there to understand it? He's riffing off Moses. Except remember how we've been talking about how like the Old Testament, you had the law, but the New Testament, you have Jesus. And Jesus is like the fulfillment of the law. Isn't it interesting how Paul's just kind of like, replacing Moses's law right here, taking that analogy and just putting Jesus into it now. Like, again, you see that Jesus becomes the law, if we're to understand it. But to Marie's point, uh, Paul is like, Jesus is not that complicated. <laughs> like, we don't need to, like, have every last little thing, it seems, figured out. The simplicity of, of we are saved by our faith this is not something that you need to like ascend to heaven to be like, explain to me how this works. Uh, no, it's as simple as Moses giving the law. You can comprehend don't covet. You can comprehend don't sleep 
with someone else. You know, like <laughs> these are simple rules. We can follow these. Um, and so I think that becomes a, a really good point. Like the Jews and all their knowledge, maybe understanding all this theology, yet still like the easiness for the Gentiles to just comprehend I'm saved by my faith, by my allegiance to Christ. It's kind of a ironic point too, right? Because Romans is considered like the most like theological book of the Bible and commentaries have been written thousands of pages trying to uncover it. And here Paul's like, it's so simple. <laughs> They're like, no, it's not. I got to understand every last detail. Um, but yeah. Well, yeah. And the Jews were saved by faith too. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's most Romans he's trying to say, look, yeah. I mean, they're, they're zealous for the law, but like the knowledge is, well, was, how, how was Abraham saved? Mm -hmm. Right? Abraham was saved by his faith. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's, you know, the justification has always been by faith through grace. It's always, you know, it's always been that. And he said, like you were saying, the Jews kind of missed that. Yeah, and that is a huge point. So this is actually, you'd think that we'd understand that a little better by now, but this is actually newer in like Paul's studies. His people are like, churches are always preaching the Old Testament, you're saved by law, the New Testament, you're saved by faith. Whereas what Mark just pointed out is actually, as we look closer, we're like, no, Paul's not saying like something changed. Paul was actually arguing, we've always been saved by faith, not by living by the law. It's just the focal point has changed. We don't live by the law to be saved by faith. We live by Jesus to be saved by faith. So that's always been the case since Abraham. It's not like uh, something completely changed on, on our faith side of things between Old Testament and New Testament. At the same time, I can understand why the Pharisees we're preaching so hard that you had to be saved by living by the law because in their mind what they're thinking i think is we all got exiled because we didn't live up to god's expectations <laughs> and so in order to get out of this exile and for the messiah to come we're gonna we're gonna convince every single jewish person that we find that they have to be more holy that they have to live up to more expectations and when we do this as a community collectively then God will come and save us because we'll finally become everything that we want to become. That's all the more reason why they would have killed Jesus. It's like, this guy is trying to turn people away from the plan. We're trying to bring back, trying to bring back God's, God's desire to save us. And, and this guy is turning them all towards him. We got to get rid of him. He's a rebel. He's, he's ousting everything that we're trying to do. Of course, they're completely wrong, right? But Paul was what? What sect did he belong to of... Jewish religion. Wasn't he a, was he a Pharisee? He was a Pharisee. He considered himself the best of The Pharisee the of Pharisees, right. yeah. yeah. So, of course, Paul's arguing all throughout Romans, yes, the law, right? That's, how, that's what we've all been preaching. This is what's going to save us. No, let's look back at Scripture. It's always been faith. It's always been faith. And that's so simple. <laughs> the Gentiles can, of course, get saved because it's so simple. It's not this big, like, living by every last expectation. It's, no, Jesus is our expectation. Mm -hmm. by that, yeah. you know, that they've been carrying for all these generations. You talked uh, a while back about the chosen. So I've just been introduced recently to that. And to the show. Seen 
where the apostles were discussing, you know, who was this Jesus uh, that, that had shown up because they thought the Messiah, they had to be perfect before the Messiah would come up, up to save them. And so it's confusing them as to why he's there now. And Mary Magdalene says, I think he's here because we couldn't do it without him. And that, that's a powerful, yeah. that kind of plays into this whole passage with Paul that, you know, you Jews, we tried, we couldn't. Mm. We were never going to be able to. We can only do it now mm. through this Jesus. Yeah. That's a part of what Paul got to in Romans as well, where he talks about a sin had to become very indeed sinful. <laughs> His idea is like sin had to continue to lump upon itself to draw it all to one place to show us the mass of this thing that we have never been able to conquer and then have Jesus come up and take it on the cross and for all of us to be like, ah, yeah, we could have never pulled that off. You know, that's part of the beauty of, of what Jesus did from a Roman's perspective. Yeah. But then just like a few chapters before, Paul's like, faith means all of this. <laughs> yeah. Or not chapters, but your verses before. Yeah, yeah. It, it is simple, but it, faith is... I think more expanded than just it's a way I think. Rather, it's a it's a way in which I live into what Jesus has done and how I give my allegiance to Him. Yeah. We had two thousand years to work on that new message, and we still aren't getting it right. Mm -mm. Well, no. Yeah, we we fall into the same trap that they did, right? I mean, their their sacrificial system, right? The, the sacrificing lambs and doves was never. They made it an end of itself, but like it was always intended to point them towards the need for some kind of yeah. like real, like like final sacrifice, mm. which of course comes in Christ. But we do all that too. I mean, we, we make an idol of going to church. I mean, is that this is worth going to church? Is is theologically wrong in in so many ways, right? But you know, we feel like well, if we just go to church, you know, we you know. We've, satisfied some kind of religious requirement or something. It's like, that's not what this is about. Right? It means to an end, and the end is yeah. and continually renewing that relationship. Yeah, whereas the question I think Romans has been giving us is, what does it mean to be allegiant to Jesus? So when I go to church, how am I showing my allegiance to, to him? Not how am I satisfying some religious kind of standard i i still remember i woke up in college one day and i wrote down this whole checklist of how i was going to be a better christian gonna read my bible this many passages a day gonna read a chapter of a book this many a day gonna pray for this long and then going to a, a mentor who just always hears the holy spirit while he's praying he's praying over me and some of his first words are god would jamin not treat you as a checklist <laughs> you know and i was like okay Stop, get out of, stop spying on my dorm room, you know? Like, <laughs> Did he know that you made this chapter? No, I told him after. And that's part of, that's part of the thing about praying with the Holy Spirit. Is everyone's always like, oh, your mind's been taken to another level and you begin to hum, you know? No, no, that was so natural for him. He was just praying whatever came to his heart. And he doesn't realize like, hey, do you know how like, <laughs> how timely that was? I'm talking like, 
12 hours ago timely. <laughs> so that, that's part of that. Yeah. But I mean, when God gives you a prophetic word that, hey, I'm not a checklist, you know, that's usually a pretty good, sorry. <laughs> Help me not turn you into a religious box type thing. Uh, yeah. Not that I think he uh, disapproved of my desire to pursue him, uh, just perhaps the way in which I was doing it. Uh, other thoughts before we keep reading? No? Okay. Let's go to Romans. Where did we leave off? Marie was in 11. You ended on 11 or he's... 10. 10, okay. So 11 to, 11 to 18. Who wants it? Thanks, Aisha. Who has footnotes in their Bible? Anybody? It's about the feet portion. Hmm? <laughs> if you have footnotes in your Bible or if you're using your phone and there's a bunch of like hyperlinks, like that's because Romans 10 is Paul literally just quoting passage after passage after passage. And he's expecting that the people he's writing to know what he's quoting. Again, they didn't have a lot of books all the time but everything was audibly heard all the time to the point that people were more used to like ah i know what he's referring to this passage over here so as paul's preaching um he's bringing allusion to allusion to allusion to allusion as a good theologian he's proving his point so uh, part of what he's getting at is the question that we've always asked like what about somebody who's never heard the gospel before what happens to them Part of Paul, of what he got here, is like, who hasn't heard the gospel? <laughs> and, uh, like, that might feel a little more normal 2,000 years later, where we have the internet, and, like, it seems like everybody's fairly aware of who Jesus is. But in his time, that's not so much the case. So how does Paul get there, and uh, um, what's really going on right here? So does anybody have a, like, what stood out to you? How do you think Paul believe that everybody had heard the gospel uh what is he quoting what's all happening any thoughts 
part of what, uh, you know, he has this whole series of questions. Uh, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How will they call on him whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? Uh, How are they to preach unless they are sent? And then he says, well, we are sent. That's part of the evangelistic call upon Christians. That as we receive the good news, it's the Great Commission. We are to go into all the world preaching the gospel so people will be saved. The church today is actually falling pretty short on the understanding of the Great Commission to the point that statistics have recently shown a, a large portion of the church, I think the majority now, actually have never heard of the Great Commission. They don't know what it is, which is a church that therefore doesn't know its own mission, right? <laughs> like, why do we exist? Why are we here? Why go to church every week? What's the point? And part of Jesus' point was, I'm sending you. That's, I think that's actually uh, the literal translation of apostle, sent ones. Sending you out to go and tell the world about who Christ is. Paul here says, uh, he quotes Isaiah saying, um, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news. As you preach good news, as you show it in your life, as you try to bring heaven to Jackson, your feet become beautiful, as Tyler was making reference to. Your feet become beautiful. God loves it as you spread the word and as you bring heaven uh, around you. Uh, But uh, he goes so far on to say, like, who hasn't heard the gospel? And then he says, their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. Anybody have any idea why Paul is quoting, in this case, a psalm and why that psalm might have something to do with the entire world hearing the gospel? Take a stab. If you don't know the psalm, because I know we... Don't always have those memorized top of our heads. Paul would expect people have sang this song before and that they can just rewind to the earlier verses. My first thought is it's got to have something to do with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So the Holy Spirit has put the word out there for everyone. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Can you read the, what Paul's saying again? Uh, I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for... Their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. I mean, the Psalms are filled with testimony that, that nature, uh, that, that nature is the revelation of God's power and wisdom. Well, and Paul even says in Romans 1 mm. that everyone is ultimately held accountable for our lack of faith and or lack of faith or believing God because nature testifies that we get to God's power and wisdom. Yeah, yeah. So Paul, right at the beginning, expects that all humans have some sort of understanding of what's right and wrong and what we're violating if we uh, decide to walk outside of an order. But yeah, what what uh, Mark's saying there, uh, nature testifies to who God is. In this case, Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice has not been heard. Their voice, so we're talking about the heavens, their voice goes all throughout the earth and their words to the end of the world. Where have the heavens proclaimed the existence of Jesus before? 
What might Paul be referring to right here? Who sees, you know, the Son of Man coming down from heaven. Oh, yeah. When Jesus is baptized, they see the heavens open and God declaring that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love. Uh, those are a couple things that I think about. Yeah. Baptism and like the star over the There we go. Yeah. That, those are, I didn't think of those ones. Those are also where the heavens are attesting to who Jesus is. Uh, but the stars. Basically what this psalm is talking about, you have to think like an ancient person. Don't think like a 21st century person. When it says the heavens declare the glory of God, the sky proclaims his handiwork, that feels like nature, but then it goes on into more of like a, almost astrology kind of thing, is that, or even science kind of thing. So that day to day pours out speech, night to night reveals knowledge. I mean, they thought that the stars in ancient times, they thought they were gods. They thought they were spiritual beings. Uh, and so they thought that when stars move around, they're revealing some kind of knowledge. Is that not the story of uh, Jesus' birth? There are some wise men who are Chaldeans. In other words, they're magicians, they're astrologers. But somewhere in their history, they must have had a word about when you see the, the heavens do this certain thing, that means the king of the Jews has been born. So they see the heavens declare that Jesus is among them, and they go to King Herod, because that's where they think the Jews are at, and he's like, where's the king? Where's the baby king who's been born? And Herod's like, what you talking about? You know, there's no one, no one in my family who's been born. Oh, well, it must be a different king then. Say so what now? You know, the heavens themselves... Who, who could have missed it? There was a star over Bethlehem declaring Jesus has been born. Uh, so to some extent, Paul is quoting Psalm 19, nature itself, heaven itself, the spiritual beings up in the sky themselves have arranged themselves in such a way to pour out speech so that someone recognizes the king of the Jews has been born. And we all can see the stars. So it's not as though the heavens have not communicated this in some way. I think you possibly see this in Revelation as well. Um, isn't John the one who, who goes on to, like Jesus tells John to be like committed to Mary? Am I right in that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So think of John living with Mary or, or taking care of Mary in some sense. He's probably learned a lot of stories from Mary, right? Who goes on to write Revelation? John. What does John spend like a whole chapter writing out at one point? A constellation of a dragon under a constellation of a woman under the moon who when the stars aligned in this kind of way, the story that was told was of the birth of the Jewish Messiah that Satan tried to eat up and destroy. <laughs> it's like... I think John might have possibly in this whole, we look at it we're like, what a strange vision, John. I think John's communicating, no, this is what the Chaldeans told Mary, communicated to them that Jesus was born. Mary told me, and I've included it here in my vision of, of what's going on so that you understand. So I think between what Paul says here, 
what we have in the Gospels of Jesus' birth and what we have in Revelation. Of Paul's just like, who hasn't heard? <laughs> the entire skies themselves rearrange themselves in such a way as to like declare the truth that, that Jesus has come. Of course, we're 2,000 years later. We weren't all there to see it. So we're like, well, I, I missed it. But, uh, but Paul has such an audacity to be like, yeah, we, we've heard. We've heard. Aisha, is that a raised hand or are you stretching? Oh, no, I'm stretching. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let me finish reading it for us because we're wrapping up. Uh, he goes on to just keep quoting verses to make his point. But I asked, did, not, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. This would have ticked the Israelites off, probably, if they heard what he was saying. What did he just basically say right there? They don't follow God properly. They don't follow the law. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's like, why are the Gentiles being asked? Well, think about the prophets. He doesn't just make something up. He quotes the prophets. Remember when God said, I'm going to reveal myself to people that aren't you. They're, you know what? Those Gentiles, they're not even looking for me. I'm going to bring them in. <laughs> then, then Paul goes to quote what, what they say about Israel. As for you guys, you're disobedient. You're contrary. I'm going to other people. Paul's still on point here. He's trying to explain why are the Gentiles brought in? Well, think of all the prophetic words throughout history. God is reaching out to the Gentiles. That has always been the prophetic word. And think about science. Just as the skies communicate knowledge to us, hey, it's full moon tonight. That must mean it's such and such a day within the year. Or from a spiritual perspective, hey, just as astrologers have thought that messages were being communicated. So we see here that that Jesus was communicated in the stars at one point. Paul's just making a case. Of course the Gentiles are safe. Of course they're welcome in. I am, by the way, I'm not saying go do astrology. That's not my point. Uh, that is forbidden within the scriptural references for God's people. But you see how God used it anyways for those who were using it to make a point even to them. That, that Jesus Christ has been born and that divine beings have spoke it from the skies themselves. All right, so we are the Gentiles. Is anyone in here Jewish? No? All right, then let's remind ourselves we are in the Christian faith by the grace of God. We are the dogs that eat the scraps under the table, the puppies who are barking. I have a puppy right now. His name is Myth, and he's always watching I have a cat who's also always watching when I have food because she's basically a puppy as well. Always watching. Is something going to fall for me to eat? And the answer from God is, yeah, absolutely. You are welcome in. In fact, the fuller picture of the Bible is almost like here was a dish that was meant for the Jews. I didn't just drop a scrap from the table. I picked up the whole dish and put it on the floor. This is yours now. And uh, that dish that was offered, of course, is uh, what Jesus uh, himself gave us, bread and juice to remember uh, that uh, he has uh, had his body broken for us. He has had his, his blood poured out for us that we too, as Gentiles and as Jews, 
might all become one whole family together of all tribes, all nations, not just English-speaking people, not just white people, not just black people, not just uh, Spanish-speaking people, but everyone is welcome into the family of God. And the mission is, from Jesus' standpoint, that we would go out and reach every tribe, nation, and tongue as God calls them uh, forward as our beautiful feet bring out the word.